and welcome! It's Freeform Friday, and you're with the Dicer Screaming! Oh! Oh, that's a deep one. Yeah, a little baritone in honor of, uh, you know, festivities. Yeah. So, good on us. Welcome to the Dicer Screaming once again. I'm Randy. I am Mike. And together, we are the Dice Men that form the cult known as the Dicer Screaming Podcast. Coming to you while recorded. <laughs> yeah, recorded for you! Uh, from the uh, the cool and pleasant uh, back porch of the Gaming Citadel. And that's right. We're at the Autonomous Gaming Citadel, not at the Patton household. So no pets and hopefully uh, no interruptions. Well, yeah, just uh, one occasionally grumpy cat who largely keeps to himself. Uh, rarely is he heard. Often is he seen. Mm. True. And t- tonight we have uh, just a rambling topic for you. We're just going to cover that... Uh, in a little bit, we're going to keep you in suspense. Yeah, it's Freeform Friday, so we're going to just we're we're going to wing this. We we have, of course, a subject pre-planned, uh, but in keeping with the finest tradition of Freeform Friday, no no real firm idea of where we're going to go with this. Just a little topical debate on a current subject. Right, and uh, also some shout outs uh, to our listeners, uh, as well as some luminaries in the gaming community. Uh, Rick Loomis has uh, had a bout with cancer, and uh, his GoFundMe page is up to $35,000. He has $38,000 in medical bills accrued, so yeah, as he's literally. fighting, uh, help him out. Uh, he's a luminary from the finest tradition of gaming. Uh, Flying Buffalo, Tunnels and Trolls, Nuclear War, Mercenary Spies and Private Eyes. Uh, it's all... Uh, do a lot in part to him keeping it going and making sure that Flying Buffalo has always been out there advertising and slinging their stuff. Yeah, he has not classically been thought of as like one of the, the incredible stars of gaming, but this is a guy who consistently was in the background doing the legwork, getting things done uh, for a very long time and just had a long and well-respected history in the gaming community of you know delivering the goods, getting the work finished. And making things happen. So, if you can, you know, spare a little, spare a little. If you can spare a lot, that's great too. But uh, you know, any small bit counts. Yeah, help the guy out, and he's uh, doing better. Uh, Steve uh, Crompton went and seen him, and uh, he was really thrilled to hear, hear that uh, everybody was giving him the best wishes and giving him the treatment. So, yeah, well, he's getting his treatment. So, well deserved, indeed. I say, and who else have we? Are we issuing a a uh, well wish to today? Oh, um, well, just a shout out to Chaka What. Oh, yeah, awesome, um, badass, because I love Chaka What. Yeah, um, she's currently going through the filmography of Jeffrey Combs, the actor who did uh, Herbert West in The Reanimator, and also From Beyond. So, a uh, little shout out to her and well, just uh, I, I gotta ask you a question. Sure. Uh, Shaka has expanded her domain. I, I remember the comic book episodes, uh, but you know, expanding now to filmographies. And yeah, she's been reviewing some films, and uh, Jeffrey Combs has been uh, one of her focuses, among other actors too. Is interesting. Reason. Yeah, well, uh, good for her for you know, like kind of broadening the sphere of, of interests there. I, yeah, I'm, and uh, definitely play, said that she needs to get into a Call of Cthulhu game. So I, I got to play catch up on that and catch some more episodes. So Chaka, you know, you'll probably get a shout out from me up YouTube way one of these days. Uh, I'll pop in and say hello. Uh. Yeah. So uh, 
All right, well, we kind of worn out our intro, I think. Well, yeah, well, you can expect no less from the unnecessary 80s movie remake of gaming podcasts. So. Ouch. Oh, <laughs> wow. Burn. Oh. Yeah, we are terrible. Self-burn. Oh. We are terrible. <laughs> Unnecessary 80s remakes, like RoboCop. Yeah, we really needed to see that one. Yeah. Because yeah, did, did, the first one was just so awful. Yeah, I, exactly. It was so terrible. It, it could have been so much better if only we had screwed with it until it was broken. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, thank you, Hollywood. Oh. Yeah, you never fail to you know, bring the grief. Uh, the, the sting and pain of your betrayals helps me to know that I am alive. So. Ouch. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to turn it over to paying the bills, do a little advertisement, and then we'll be back with our topic. So stick around. All right. And we're back. Thanks for sticking around. And uh, hopefully you're still with us. So, yeah, we've got some topics. So, yeah, okay. The topic is going to be electronic devices, both for good and ill. Yes. Uh, you know, the alignment notwithstanding, you know, it, it, this is, uh, <laughs> electronic devices are, are just tools, okay? Uh, they're objects in the hands of people. They can be used for great justice or for great evil. Uh, they can be the absolute blessing at a gaming table uh, with, like, incredible convenience, or they can be an absolute freaking nightmare. So... You know, we're we're just gonna kind of parse this one out at random here. We're gonna work our way through it. Yeah, and we'll might stumble on a few other topics while we're at it. Um, yeah, we live in an age undreamed of. Yeah, literally, information at, of the world is at our fingertips. And oh yeah, Dick Tracy comics come to life with the wristwatch, phone, and all the associated goodies. Yep, and you know the ability to look up anything from nearly any device as long as it's connected. As well as storing PDFs and uh, other files and formats for adventures. It makes it for a heady age, but with that comes a price. Like all things, it's a two-edged sword. Yeah, I mean, the upside is that you can equip people with incredible information and communications devices uh, at a table. And you've got six people who are interlinked. And the terrible penalty to that is that you can... (laughs) create a situation where you've got six people with incredibly interlinked communications devices and information access. <laughs> yep, to look up uh, K-pop and cat videos. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we've, we've seen every single permutation of this at some point or another in the last decade in particular. Uh, uh, Scott, I love you, I love you, but you were, like, literally at the forefront of this. Both the good side and the bad, you know, occasionally right. distracted, but still jumping back in and on point. Uh, but first, just with the most is, you know, here's a guy who really understood top-tier brand-new electronic devices. You know, uh, yep. early laptops, uh, the you know early PC access, uh, and eventually, you know, smartphones. Uh, and tablets. Tablets and every other form of electronic device. Uh Right out of the gate. So those have been at our tables uh, for years. We've been through this for a very long time. Yeah, he was always the one making, uh, with PowerPoint and other tools, making character sheets and other things. And the bad point was, is that when his computer wasn't behaving properly, um, yeah, I can remember the 
crash and the cry of Captain Picard abandoned ship. <laughs> and repeated over and over. But that had more to do with Windows 95 than it had to do with anything Scott did. Yes. Um, but yeah, he would... He was, the vagaries of early Windows. <laughs> he was always creating character sheet uh, formats so that you could enter information and have it all compiled and all your numbers figured out. And, of course, he was a whiz at that, so, you know, that was a great thing. But, you know, when the electronics weren't working so well, it could be a bane because all the information was suddenly lost. And... You know, it kind of gave me a different point of view of that while there were some advantages, there's also some direct disadvantages, such as my pen and paper do not require any power source, only light. Yeah, you don't need an end-of-game print-off to save a hard copy of everything, because between this week and next week, you might lose all the data that you had acquiring yeah and what do you mean the you know, like it wasn't that treasure pile like something like forty thousand gold pieces there was a suit of plate mail plus three i remember that being in there but but what else did we get oh god i don't know it's been a week yeah, yeah <laughs> and our drive crash yep it's all gone yeah where you know you have you know with pen and paper the only uh inconvenience you have is forgetting it or losing it in a shuffle but you know the thing was is that it was a form of technology that was being recognized by gaming companies and of course the idea was is that you know it was for convenience to be able to call up at a moment's notice literally tons of data of what you had garnered from the dungeon last week being able to split it up very quickly and efficiently you know because as a built-in calculator all that stuff but you know the downside was is sometimes well you know things didn't enter in right or if there was an error in the script or something like that it would just wouldn't work out so well but we're kind of beyond those days now and more to the point there's a lot of apps for dice rolling i remember the early dice rollers <laughs> they used to have what uh it used to be called dragon bone oh my goodness i remember seen that, that in the pages of dragon magazine for like 30 bucks you could get this wand it literally was this uh oddly shaped in uh, the color of a, like a dragon's bone, and you would just adjust to whatever dice you wanted to roll at a little knob at the bottom. And you would roll, press the button, and you would get a random result based on that number, that uh, the dice face that you wanted. So, you know, <laughs> I was always a little suspicious of those, and I, uh, I, I think one of our friends had one, and uh, it seemed to work all right. But other than some raised eyebrows and some suspicions about how truly random it was, it did seem to generate a pretty uh, good spread, although, you know, it wasn't uh, quite what had the feel of having a dice in your palm and throwing it across the table. Yeah, it, it did seem as though the skew was slightly different. Like, yeah, yeah. sure, it, it's a perfect medium that randomly assigns a number, but I... You like a little more variety than, like, I seem to get a lot of 9s, 10s, and 11s. Yeah. You know, just... The mid-range seems to crop up a lot more. Yeah. Uh, whereas old-fashioned dice, just my personal impression, uh, I see a lot more 2s and 17s and, you know, the the whole spectrum of, of number rolls uh, presents itself. I, I've always... I'm sorry, I'm just old enough that rolling the die is an almost sacred act. So Yeah, as opposed to know, like Luddite I might be. I'm I'm here, you know, holding a you know little revolution to smash the mills and uh, put an end to this horrific technology. But throw your shoe. 
<laughs> sabotage. Um, yes. Blood. Sabotage. Um, yeah, you know, we have to even remember before there were all these funny-shaped dice, uh, people had chits, and they would put them in cups and draw forth numbers. And that was also included in the early versions of the game. Oh, yeah. Dice have been carved out of, like, whatever junk was handy. Uh, Methods of randomization have been used with improvised materials when no dice were available. Uh, So powerful was the urge to, like, we gotta get a game on. How do we we formulate, like, a die 6, a die 8, a die 10, a 12, and 20, uh, and die 4? How do we, how do we simulate that? And gamers have found ways. Yeah, and we've made, uh, pretty good progress, I think, in, uh, this age of the new dice rollers. I like that they have the actual noise that comes along with it, the click-clack. So that's an app that can probably be uh, pretty much said to be uh, tried down. I notice a lot of people like that because it does take up less table space. But, I, you know, I just say that uh, still, even in this enlightened age, people still prefer their shiny math rocks. <laughs> shiny math rock. Yep. My wife is... Addicted to collecting dice. She loves... Would that make her a math addict? Yes. Oh! Pa! A math addict. Yeah. I'm sure she'll appreciate that. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, but a lot of things, like, you can store your character sheets, you can even use character generators online and all that uh, fun stuff. There's even uh, sites that will generate treasure from hordes and even uh, encounters for you, which can be a time saver in a pinch for random encounters or whatnot. But more to the point, uh, the other thing comes with having these devices at your disposal is that when time comes at the table where we used to just crack open a, a b- rule book and read an obscure rule or look up a spell or something that we might think about using, nowadays people t- also seem to tend to you know go to the YouTube or go to other places. Right. and true. And... Uh, find ways to distract themselves. I'm occasionally uh, guilty of that myself. I like to play a little uh, online game on my uh, cell phone that's not very involved, just uh, you know, a little slot machine thing. Oh, I like... Uh, there's a game on Newgrounds.com called Proximity. Oh, and it's, it's just, you know, die 1 through die 20. Uh, equal number for like both you versus the computer opponent. Uh, so you all have the same numbers, but it's the strategic placement of the numbers by using a higher number to convert their lower number to your color, red versus blue, uh, that decides who the victor is, you know, accumulating more points by better strategy in terms of converting their counters to yours. Cool. Uh, It's very simple, very numerical, and very fun. Uh, And that one die... for whatever it is, uh, I'm such a gamer, it's dyed in the wool, that when I see you know, numbers 1 through 20, I'm like, I want to play this game. Yeah. I can't help it. It's like a siren's call. I'm overboard in a heartbeat. Woohoo! I'm headed for shore! And bloop, off I go, drowned in the river of internet fun again. Yep, I like my slot game because it has runes on it. I always like throwing runes. So. Uh, but well, all that aside, they can lead to distractions, and sometimes I find when I'm playing... That, you know, the lure, like, oh, I'm, my character's not involved in anything, I'll do that. And then I find myself isolated and sometimes having to catch back up. But I notice that there's also people who can multitask, and they seem to be able to be absorbed in both what they're looking at and doing, as well as what's going on on the table. And I'll, that's where I I'll think there's a that. balance. 
that I'll grant that. Okay, uh, you know, while I am generally ill disposed towards the use of excessive electronics beyond what is necessary to play the game, I I, I generally have a poor attitude or opinion about the practice of it. But there are some people who manage really well, and they should get credit where it's due, okay? Their, their attention is in the game, despite the object that is distracting them. Uh, I don't really object nearly so much when their attention is on point, they're engaged, they're active with the other players, uh, they're participating. If they meet that threshold, my complaints are invalid. I, you know, it, it's not really relevant. Now, if a person is consumed by the other things that they're doing, uh, they're just occupying a chair at a table that like, could be filled by somebody who is there to play the game. Right. Uh, so I, I hate to sound super salty, but if you've got somebody you have to chase down for answers, uh, you know, they, they're just a sandbag, you know, they're, they're dead weight. Uh, it doesn't help the flow of the narrative or move the party forward or speed encounters. It slows all of those down. And that is unfair, not just to an irritable, cranky old DM, but to the other people participating in the game actively. So I'm not too keen on that. Especially with smaller groups where everybody's participation is necessary for the success of an encounter or getting through a scenario. Yeah, if you've got a rogue who is not checking for traps uh, and whose mouth is perpetually shut and is not, like, sharp-eared and listening to the DM for cues and hints, uh, that rogue can easily be responsible unintentionally for TPKs. Uh, right, and also... <laughs> especially if their DM is a tricky, evil, old scumbag like mm-hmm. myself. Point taken. Um, but I think that we're also starting to stray into player personality problems rather than just the electronics. Because if you recall, back in my days, uh, I also spent a lot of time drawing and doing art. But I was always listening because I was... My attention was absorbed, my physical presence was absorbed in the artwork and drawing. Had something to do with my hands. Oh, yeah, like uh, the adventures of Okerman Maxwell. Yep. And then (coughs) I was a, uh, but I was always involved in what was going on because I was keenly listening, just like I would with a radio program or TV show. Or your lovely illustration of our Warhammer trio. Yeah. Uh, Call the Chaos Professionals. No fee too big. No problem too small. That's right. (laughs) We'll solve your chaos problem. But, you know, I think that when it comes down to it, um, everybody has a certain level of distraction. Whether it's stacking your dice or, you know, deciding to re-scribe your character sheet at the table. I think that those things still are... Involving the player's attention because even if you're rescribing a character sheet, you're still kind of thinking about your character and what's going on, and it's more of an activity you do while you're at the gaming table, sort of thing. Where versus like where your attention is totally drawn away by looking at this absorbing video about new sneakers, or uh, yeah, they've got a new snow leopard over at the zoo. Oh, it's Look adorable! At it. It's freaking adorable. Uh. Behold this meme, it is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that. Well, I'm a little less offended if it's a gamer meme, because yeah. at least you're at a game. Uh-huh. Right, and 
that's the thing is that it's sometimes also a cue when somebody's involved in something to kind of start to give them a call out as a DM. Not to shame them, but just maybe direct some action towards them. Like, well, the archer decides to shoot the cleric. What? Oh, we're in combat? Yes, we've been in combat for the last two rounds. Where have you been? Oh, uh, yeah, I better get on my game here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the uh, that sort of thing can help uh, get players back involved. And also, you can take it as a cue as a DM to pick up the pace a little bit. Maybe the game's dragging a little bit, as all games do. That's not an... Look, even the best DMs tend to have moments where you hit a lull. We are experiencing a lull. And uh, back in our recorded sessions, back when we used to record them on cassette, <laughs> when everybody would get real quiet, I would often say, we are now experiencing a lull. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, everybody snap out of it. Because let's face it, there's a lot of mental brain work going on when you're gaming. Not just mentally imagining, but also figuring out odds and tactics and thinking about spells. True, and, and that era in which we recorded games predates the era of the internet, uh, per se. Predates the era of portable electronics. Mm -hmm. uh, we were recording games because we had had some difficulty with uh, <laughs> um, takebacks. Yeah. Know, where, no, no, no. Uh, at, at no point did I say that I was kicking down that door. So you're telling me that when you said, I kicked down the door and charge into the room, that what you meant was I stealthily creep up to the door, push it open very softly, and then sneak into the room so the monsters don't see me. That's not what I said. <laughs> yeah, that was also... Rewind tape, playback, really? just like NFL. Like, ah, Instant offsides. Replays. Ah, yeah. 15-yard penalty, or 15-hit point penalty. <laughs> Egregious player, take back on the field. Yeah. Replay down. Um, Fogger hits you with his club because he knew you were coming when you cracked open the door. Uh, pow! Right in the kisser. And it was also to improve our style as DMing, because we could get to listen to ourselves yeah, we, and we form criticisms. Hemming and hawing and uh, failures to get a good description in, uh, recognizing moments where we really didn't have an acceptable fall black or fallback when the players come up with an idea we didn't anticipate. Watching those like play-by-play -play reassessments of how the game went, it really sharpened the skills. So it, it's worth... Well, people are now doing podcasts. You yeah. Know, which we, we weren't doing this to play it for other people. We were just doing uh, recordings of live games so that we had a sense of, you know, what was it that happened during that span of time? Yep. How do we know uh, whether we did a good job or not, whether we, we really nailed it in description form? Uh, and also because a lot of funny moments happened. Yeah, and it also toughened us up as uh, Game Masters able to accept criticism, legitimate criticism, versus just harping. Yeah, we could look back, and if somebody had a contention about how we'd done that night, we could go back to that point, listen, and go, yeah, you know what, that was a little lackluster. My description did not include an adequate explanation of the room dimensions. Mm -hmm. uh, there was no way they could have known that a fireball in like that area was going to backblast 30 feet into the hallway and fry the entire party. Um you know, that would have been a thing to describe. Like it, it's only a 20-foot by 30-foot room with a 10-foot ceiling. 
the back blast will pretty much uh, fry all of you. Not to mention bring down the ceiling. Um, <laughs> those moments required a little finesse. And we did not have finesse at 14 and 15. Yeah. But that's what we learned. And but we did have dice. Yeah, we had a boombox that had a really good mic built into it. So that it's was true. Brung that with us quite a bit. Um, <laughs> For the uninitiated, the boombox was the gigantic cassette player of yesteryear. Mm -hmm. uh, before the advent of the CD. Two tape decks. Uh, yeah. Four Did speakers. <laughs> yeah, I could record from cassette to cassette. Mm -hmm. Which was wonderful. Uh, especially to the era of the mixtape, when uh, <laughs> people weren't uh, assigned massive fines uh, by the, the FCC for illegally recording an object uh, that they had purchased in a store. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Here, make Metallica giving away their tapes at concerts. Here, make copies of these. Give it to your friends. Yeah, that era has long been forgotten. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we digress uh, as we wander off. There, the there, there's a little bitter old man tirade there, you know. That, you know uh, thanks a lot, guys. Staying true to your core mission. It's about the music. Our lawyers have instructed us that we're losing trillions. No, you're not. <laughs> okay, people with no money don't buy your stuff. They can get a free copy. They might have a look at it. If they can't get a free copy, they won't bother with it at all. So you're just like a dried, you know, cow chip. They just walk on by. Yeah, but um, getting back on track on um, electronic devices, you know, there's a lot of things that can speed up play. Looking up rules at a moment's notice, like, hey, does this item do this thing? Well, rather than rip through two row books trying to find it, or an obscure splat book that you forgot to bring, voila. Yeah, now this is where uh, somebody with the right device and the right information handy is a total asset to the game, and we've both seen it happen. Even in my, my crusty, vague disapproval, I am not unaware of the fact that it beats pawing through eight different books mm -hmm. or digging through a satchel filled with texts uh, when you can have a guy run a search string and pow! You know, they're on page 38 of this book. They've got what they're looking for in seconds. Now, that is a huge leap forward compared to the days of digging through all of these different books. i got to hand it to Scott, for instance. Uh, he's come through like a backup DM. Oh, yeah. You know, just like keeper, the chief librarian of today's game, Scott Bunny, you know. Yep, you have on D, uh, PDS, and he just bookmarks a lot of things. I I just whip out my uh, smartphone and just look up whatever it is on Google, and there it is. You know, Pathfinder, uh, the whip of stings, right there, right in front of me, you know, just the touch of a button. But that's where also I want to talk about that there's a difference between also how players and uh, DMs can be distracted by technology and also the benefits from them. But also some of the limits of the technology that exists. Uh, for instance, I, uh, I'm running a campaign where I'm using PDFs because the module is very old. It's skull and shackles. And they're kind of hard to find. I mean, I can find a few of them here and there for $12, $14 on Amazon or in a used uh, comic book uh, store website. But... I just, yeah, I have the PDFs, so I just use them, and sometimes they tend, it's hard move, maneuvering pages back and forth and, without having the bookmark set properly, and, it, you know, the page is different than the actual page listed on the bottom of the 
PDF, and sometimes that can get a little distracting. And also, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, you hit the wrong button or the cat walks across the keyboard, and I've lost everything, and I have to reboot it back up or find it again. And so, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but that's a minor point, I guess, that sometimes technology isn't still up to par because Adobe is just such a kludgy beast, <laughs> and it doesn't lend itself well to mobile applications. Uh, yet, yes. Uh, I, I don't want to say that they will never, uh, because yeah. that would be unfair, but at, at present, there is kind of a, a gap between the change of what are considered normative devices and the familiar software applications that applied to much older devices. Yeah, and my laptop's not the kludgy uh, old beater. It's pretty modern, and yeah. you know, it sometimes still has problems keeping up with the pages as I go page up and down or flip through them quickly. So, you know, but the nice thing is is having multiple pages back open where I can have a map on one part and then have the text on the other right in front of me. That does speed it up, and so. There are many things I say that where we've done pretty well for ourselves as gamers in adapting to the new environments of electronic devices. But uh, and that kind of comes across as like, well, this is a brave new frontier. Well, it's been around for a while. Yeah, I know. But still, the availability of a lot of technology and stuff is prone. It is uh, ex expensive to get a laptop. It is expensive to have uh, PDFs. You know, some PDFs, even though they're cheaper than the printed products, still can run you a pretty nice penny, about 10, 12 bucks, depending on where you're going or getting it from and where it's uh, available from. Yeah, I, I gotta say, uh, in our case, we're probably supremely biased, okay? And I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say it and get it over with. I'm gonna rip the Band-Aid off. Oh! Gonna, you know, snatch the kimono open and do some Ooh. jumping jacks. Uh, I'm gonna say it. We're old. Okay, and if you've been gaming almost 40 years, then having these technologies only become incredibly relevant in the last 10 uh, means that three quarters of your gaming took place when this was not a thing. And the last, most recent quarter has held all of the change. And those changes have been very rapid. Yes. Uh, and impressive. But... Yeah, I still like having a book, you know, that's where I learned and cut my teeth how to flip I, back and forth. I, I love the, the creak of a book's spine mm -hmm. and like the rustle of pages and the, the smell of, you know, like new paper. I, so, yeah, bibliophile, uh, through and through, I can't help myself. I'm, I'm just hooked on books. Yeah, but you know what? We still live in a great time and we can learn to adapt like we did always. And yeah, if there's one thing that gamers do, we adapt well. Oh, and... Certainly, gamers in the most general sense, not necessarily myself, gamers in a more general sense, are usually right on the cutting edge of new tech. Yep. Uh, historically, that's just been true because behold the world of computer gaming. Uh, and with each change of medium, uh, gamers have been right at the front of it, running up first. You know, Please, take my money. Yep. <laughs> Shower me with this awesomeness. I I will I will fund your whatever if I can have this. Uh, I will pay for your your kids' dentistry uh, in <laughs> order to have this new item. And hey, kudos to gamers. Which this is also why gaming has normalized and become more popular. It's a facet of. <sighs> 
how what the way to best put this would be that even though it is a niche market albeit a somewhat larger one now than it was it is a niche market that is connected to new tech new entertainment uh new mediums and you know anything that is just hitting the shelves and because it is so responsive in terms of adapting and purchasing new mediums, new technologies, new forms of entertainment, uh, that makes it a powerhouse niche, way more influential on average than, like, say, for instance, uh, you know, housewives between the age of 30 and 40 and, uh, you know, male executives between the ages of 40 and 50, you know, when they do the market breakdown, you know, like who buys what kinds of things. Uh, if you want to sell, for instance, uh, fancy cars, uh, then you're aiming at one market segment. But if you're trying to sell new computer games, uh, new technologies, tablets, smartphones, uh, you know, apps that are related to, you know, science fiction and fantasy gaming and reading, uh, there is a ready-made highly responsive niche mm -hmm. that is just primed to tackle a new opportunity. Yeah, and like my favorite coffee mug uh, that you can see in my Twitter icon. <laughs> it's a Target, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's us. We have clout because we interact with these technologies. So even if I poo-poo, even if I pause for a moment and say, you know, no, sir, I don't like it, not one bit, that's just me. And I acknowledge the importance and relevance of a rapidly changing and dy dynamic economic niche. So, I think that while there is some disadvantages to using technology to the cost of distraction, maybe sometimes programs and other things aren't as responsive as flipping through a book, I think the advantages far outweigh the disadvantages. And I think that uh, we've covered pretty much how to... Deal with a few of them, but if you have some of your own... Yeah, no no matter how grumpy I am, it is here to stay, and I totally acknowledge that. It has a place at the table. It's not... We're not going back. Well, your grumpiness aside, you know, there is... It's going to continue on whether you approve of it or not. And, of course, like you said, it's here to stay. So, yeah, we give uh, our accounting of what we think about it, and, of course, uh, you may agree, you may disagree. And, of course, you may have different observations than what we came up with here. And yeah, a few throw of your them out own. there. Yeah. yeah, let us know either on our Facebook page, The Dice Are Screaming, on Facebook, and of course at Twitter, where you can reach me at Death Hand Gaming. That's D E T H A N D Gaming. And Magi Vox. Yeah, you don't need to spell that, just figure it out. And uh, get a hold of us on Twitter and let us know what you like, what you didn't like. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, of course, we're always willing to listen to some criticisms as long as they're not you guys suck. But hey, I even like those. I, you know. <laughs> You are the worst gaming podcast I have ever heard of. But you have heard, heard of, of us. me. Yes, you have. <laughs> I, yeah, I've got the Jack, uh, Jack Sparrow approach on that one. You know, I'm okay mm -hmm. with that. Uh, uh, and you're not telling me something I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, my show opener is an explanation of how terrible we are. <laughs> but hopefully you enjoyed listening to us. We probably abused your drums for far too long so you've squandered another perfectly good half hour with the bozos of uh Whoa. of gaming uh so <laughs> uh congratulations we did not know what that scream was but uh yeah we just suddenly turned into sounds from the outlands
Yeah, apparently we've got our own Call of Cthulhu th- live-action role-playing game. Yeah, Bigfoot cries. And uh, <laughs> the, the Wendigo is trying to lure us out into the woods. Yeah, ain't oh. happening. <laughs> All right, so, yep, we'll uh, wrap it up for you. Hopefully next time uh, we'll bring you something even more interesting. We've got a couple of good things uh, lined up for us, so just keep oh, on hitting and- that... Uh, uh, applause button on the Anchor Network and oh. leave us some messages. Yeah, we've got things in the in the works. Uh, upcoming will be a discussion on Deadlands. Yep, that'll uh, be it, our it's next coming. Topic. You know, it, this is totally going to happen. Yep, but until that time, may the dice always roll in your favor. We're out. See ya.